welcome back to the podcast where I sit down with women that are in our network. I chat with women that are leading the charge in their industry and have inspiring conversations that uncover how each guest has navigated their career. In today's episode, I'm joined by Scout Sobel. Scout is the founder and CEO of Scout's Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts. Over the last two years, the agency has served women like Kat Sadler, Kelly Baker, Jessica Zweig, and many more inspiring women. She's also the co-host of OK Sis, a top-charted podcast with her sister Maddie, where she openly documents her experience living with bipolar disorder. Now, Scout is putting all of her emotional tools, learnings, and wisdom into her debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, a 25-lesson emotional guidebook for women who want to pursue a life of purpose. I'm so excited to share this episode, and as always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Scout. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me in the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. I love your whole vibe, the branding, the packets you send over, you're killing it. Thank you. That's so nice to hear because I know there's obviously a lot of podcasts out there. So, you know, trying my best to just differentiate um, anything that I'm doing. Um, Before we get started, I always like to start off with a quick question to kind of, you know, talk about what we're most looking forward to this week. Let's see. This week, I'm excited because it is my husband's birthday and... I booked us this, I don't know really how to call it, but it's this kind of pop-up restaurant where they do it like four times a year and there's 15 seats or something like that. And it's a four course, five course meal. I don't know what it is. And you don't know where it is. And so they text you the location a few hours before and it's never in a place that you would expect. Like even when you show up, you're always like, where are we? And then it's this beautiful setting. So he doesn't know that we're doing that, but we're doing that on Friday. I love that. That's so cool. And very much exclusive, which I love as well. There's actually something very similar to that here in um, BC. I don't know if they do it anymore, but it's called Dinner en Blanc. And essentially everybody wears white and they give you like the location. I think it's like the day of, but everybody wears white. You like bring all the tables and chairs and food and then everybody just like gathers. It's so fun because you don't know where it's going to be. Um, and then everybody like brings their own food and wine, which is awesome. Yeah. Sounds very familiar. Not familiar. Similar, except yeah. uh, there will be food and drinks provided. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a really great time. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, you know, get into your background and how you got started in your career. So I'd love if you could give an introduction of your career background, how you got started, and ultimately how it led you to where you are now. Yes. So currently I am the founder and CEO of Scouts Agency. We are a female focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts. So we run podcast tours for high profile women like Rebecca Minkoff, Kat Sadler, Jessica Zweig, Vanessa Rossetto, 
which has been so fruitful. I am also the co-host of OK Sis podcast, which I host with my sister Mads. And on there, we talk about a current fixation every single week and we bring on really amazing rad female guests. I am also the host of Scout Podcast, where I just do solo episodes twice a week, mini ramblings on the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship since I live with bipolar disorder. And I am now the author of the book, The Emotional Entrepreneur. So that's where I sit, stand, am today. My, I suppose my career journey started when I was 22. I was a college dropout because I had just been recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um, also couldn't hold a job. Like I tried to be a gelato scooper. I tried to be a waitress. I tried interning. Um, nothing worked. I had to, I quit everything mm-hmm. I started because my mental health and my mental illness was really, really taking over. And so there was a lot of talks in therapy rooms with psychiatrists that I would maybe potentially be unable to function in society in a very more traditional way. And it was daunting. You know, my life was kind of falling apart. I was, I went through an outpatient program. They locked me up under 5150, but it wasn't until I found entrepreneurship that things clicked for me. So at the age of 22, I was sitting with a friend and I said, do you want to start a magazine? And she said, yes. And we decided that we would just print it at Kinko's and take all the photos with disposable cameras. And it would just be a total art project that we would pass around to our friends. But something clicked in my head. And I went home that night. I got the domain. I got the Instagram handle, everything. I researched printers. All of a sudden, I had meetings at all the top printers in Orange County, which is where I lived at the time. And then I was like, okay, I need $10,000. And then I raised 10K on Kickstarter. And um, we had a three-issue run. The third Barnes Noble contacted us to sell. We had Halsey on the cover. And suddenly, I went from being the girl who couldn't hold a job as a gelato scooper or a waitress but was producing my own magazine and putting it in Barnes and Noble. And so I very quickly saw that entrepreneurship fit into the way my mind worked. Bipolar disorder goes up and downs, high, high, low, lows. Entrepreneurship has high highs and low lows. And I needed something for my mental illness to be able to dance within. So, you know, having responsibility, like showing up to a minimum wage job wasn't enough on my shoulders. For me to show up, it has to be because I'm the only one that can. And as the owner of a business, that's so true. So all of a sudden, when I was early 20s, I had accomplished something that people didn't think I would ever be able to accomplish. And so I recognized pretty early on that I was not going to be able to function in a traditional job, in a traditional career path. But when I created my own I really thrived. I was successful. I showed up. I stayed late. I did what had to be done. And so I really saw a side of me that that wasn't apparent in my life up until then. And so, you know, my career has gone through multiple iterations since then. And it really wasn't until I started OKSIS podcast with my sister three years ago that I started really finding my space, my niche, my jam, my passion in the podcast space. So within six months of hosting OKSIS podcast, we would have these incredible guests on. And back then our numbers were not as big as they are now. And yet even with those numbers, we saw our community follow our guests online, buy their products, become part of their community. And I recognized that the power 
of being a guest on a podcast is insane, intense, and amazing. It's long form. It's vulnerable. You know, press up until podcast, I believe, was you know, maybe a two minute segment on a radio show or a three minute segment on a TV show or a quote in a magazine. And suddenly podcasts were coming in and providing a space for a founder to really talk about their story. And so I started Scott's agency six months into OKSIS podcast, just falling in love with the power of podcasting. And we started with three services, which is our three services today, which is if you have a podcast, we book high profile guests. We've booked everyone from Ali Webb to Sophia Moroso. If you don't have a podcast, but you are a female entrepreneur, coach, author, you have a product-based business, we'll run podcast tours for you where we book you as a guest on a bunch of podcasts, which is really the service that we've become super known for, which is fun. And then we also do traditional PR as well. So Refinery29, Vogue, Marie Claire, InStyle, BuzzFeed, we get our clients featured there. So That's kind of how I came today. And then once I was able to scale Scout's agency to a multiple six-figure business by year two, I really started recognizing that the reason I'm a successful entrepreneur, the reason I'm successful in business is because I was applying the emotional healing tools I had learned through living with bipolar disorder to business. And that was my superpower. So I wrote The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is a 25 emotional guidebook lesson to kind of getting through entrepreneurship, you know, fighting fear, anxiety, learning how to manage expectations, et cetera. It's really for the woman who wants to create her own life, but needs help on the emotional side. Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, Congratulations. And, you know, everything that you've done in your career is so inspiring. And ultimately, I look up to you and I look up to what you've created. And, you know, something that I really loved about the book, one section was that you're the only one who can do it, but you don't have to do it alone. And that really kind of struck something in me because I feel like even in podcasting, you know, it's just me. It's like a one woman show. And obviously, you know, this of booking, editing, sending out questions, et cetera, et cetera, but you don't have to do it alone. So in your experience with that, you know, throughout your entire journey, like who are those women that you looked up to or you, um, or inspired you and just tell us about everybody that in your life, that's really played a part in that. I look up to so, so many women. Um, the first person that comes to mind is one of my best friends, Whitney Eckes who um, is an incredible entrepreneur. I have felt super lonely as an entrepreneur until I met her because she runs Agus Marketing and she's coming out with another brand. And it's been such a pleasure to be able to see another woman in action at the level and intensity that I run with. And so I am always looking up to her and what she's been able to create. There are women that I look up to from afar. Sophia Amoroso is one. I read Girl Boss. Girlboss came out right when I had started my magazine. And so the timing was super perfect for me to feel as if there was a movement behind women excelling in their career, whatever way that looked. Um, you know, Whitney Wolf heard, I will forever have that image of her holding her baby, making her, her um, making Bumble go public. I mean, I get emotional thinking about it. I don't, I don't know her. I am, there's, I have no connection, but I just see that image and it's so strong. It's so striking and I can't help but just be so proud to be a woman 
because someone like that Mm -hmm. exists and did something like that. You know, my dad has been on the more kind of rational, systematic side, been such a help for me throughout this entire process. And I'm really lucky that I have friends who root me on. So I... I have role models, but I I really do try to stay in my own lane as far as inspiration goes. Um, Lauren Everett's Bostic is another huge business inspiration for me. I soak up everything she says, even though we're so different on so many levels. So I'm super grateful. Oh, I could keep going. Jesus, now they're all coming to me. Jessica's why a a client who has become (laughs) a soul sister of mine, she wrote the book B. If you have a personal brand, you need that book. It is incredible. You know, there's so many women out there who are putting out their gifts to the world for free. Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield, Jasmine Starr, uh, Rachel Rogers. I just read her book, We We Should All Be Millionaires. She blew my mind and has completely helped me up level. So in today's age, I'm just so grateful that, you know, I think a long time ago, you used to have a role model because, which was a similar um, dynamic to me saying, Whitney Wolf Heard is my role model. I only know her from headlines and photos, right? I don't know her. That's one type of role model. And then there's a the type of role model mm-hmm. such as, you know, Rachel Rogers, who writes a book and has a podcast and can mentor women from afar on a mass level. And I think that as female entrepreneurs or as women who have dreams, oftentimes we forget that there are so many other figures out there who we can not only look up to, but who are giving away their secrets for free for $20 to buy the book. And so the amount of resources and inspiration out there is super endless. And I think too, with, you know, you know, obviously everything that you've said when it comes to books, when it comes to podcasts, it's really just been a medium where you know, other female entrepreneurs or just females in general aren't scared to share their kind of like secret sauce. I feel like that's something, you know, maybe a decade ago that women just wouldn't really talk to each other about those things. But now I'm finding more and more that everybody's open to it because they want to see other women succeed in the business. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of our duty at this point, you know, I can't speak to how previous generations were, but I think this whole idea that there's only room for one at the table, there's only room for a certain amount of women at the table has been shattered with the emergence of the female entrepreneur, because now we're like, okay, well, if we don't want to, if we don't even want to think about the concept that there's only one seat available for a woman at a boardroom, which so many women are pushing that glass ceiling and changing, there's also this route of we create the boardroom. So I have experienced nothing but insane support from other female entrepreneurs. You know, Mads and I at OKSIS interview women with incredible businesses. And it's like, an email, a text, a DM away from advice. And so I think that women are really standing together, banding together, supporting one another because it's a lonely journey as a female entrepreneur. And when you go through it, you want to help the people that are just starting. You want to help them navigate the stress and anxiety and the emotional roadblocks because you know that there are people that did that for you. when you were at that stage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I love that. And I love that everything is moving towards that direction even more. I want to get into, you know, a little bit of backtracking of your mental health journey because you've been very open about that. And it's something that, you know, has really shaped you as a person. So 
When it comes to, you know, any difficult moment that you've had throughout your career, how are you able to use your emotions as a vehicle to success versus having it as a roadblock? Very good question. You know, I really categorize my emotions and I've come to a point now after having lived with a mental illness for so long and allowing emotions to overflood my system and tear me down, I allow them to guide me very significantly. So in my book, I talk a lot about how anxiety is actually just a guide. It's a warning sign, a guide, a mentor, a, hey, switch lanes, hey, turn left, hey, turn right, hey, something's not going wrong here. And I think that a lot of us just say, no, we just have anxiety, like we can't control it. When when really anxiety has a biological purpose. And yes, the anxiety might be completely over-exaggerating. It was just a bad email. You're not going to die tomorrow. It is there for a reason and we get to listen to it. So in my business, probably multiple times a week, I get emotionally uncomfortable. I get anxious, stressed, angry, frustrated. I also get excited, fulfilled, happy, stoked. It's like a whole plethora. It's the rainbow of emotions. But I always ask myself, you know, I'll, I'll give an example of what I'm going through right now. Right now I'm up-leveling Scouts Agency. We're scaling, we're increasing prices, we're building on, we're uh, bringing in new team members, we're bringing on new clients, we're launching Um, by the time this comes out, we'll have launched our get yourself as a guest on podcast course, which we've never done. I'm doing VIP consulting days. And in that I can't keep up with my emails right now. I mean, it's like stressing me out. I'm so anxious and overwhelmed and one could experience those emotions of anxiety, stress, and overwhelm and say, well, then this isn't an alignment. This isn't for me. It's important to really understand and get in tune of why that emotion is there. I have anxiety right now because I have decided to grow and expand. And anytime you grow and expand, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, I don't care if it's in your relationship, I don't care if it's physically in your fitness routine, whatever it is, you're going to feel uncomfortable because you're leaving your comfort zone and your ego is going to flare up and say, wait a minute, where are we going? This isn't common territory. I'm not having any of this. This is too safe. And so I'm going to flare your nervous system up and make you anxious. So right now I'm anxious because I'm stepping out of my comfort zone because I am taking on new responsibilities, different types of responsibilities for my business, because I have a very specific goal and dream that I know if I want to execute, we'll take X, Y, and Z to get there. So when I sit here today, I just uh, sent a a voice note to my mastermind that I'm a part of. And I said, hey guys, I'm just going to need some emotional support because I'm feeling anxious because I have all these things to do, but just letting everybody know this is really in alignment with my purpose. And I'm really stoked to be here. I just know that this discomfort is going to be here for a few weeks until I get to the other end of training the employee so that she can take over certain things. And then I can scale my life back a little bit. So I'm really conscious, right? Like, is this anxiety because something's out of alignment? And I need to shift so I can confidently say that something that was out of alignment was scheduling my own schedule all the time. It got too stressful and it was time consuming and it drained me. So I had anxiety about that. So I outsourced and now I have an assistant who does that for me. Right now I feel anxiety 
that's just because I'm growing and I'm out of my comfort zone. Or I could feel anxiety because this is just not working for me and it, and it won't work for me. And it's like biologically going against my purpose. Right. So these emotions come up constantly and it's really about checking in with yourself. Is this anxiety fueling me? Is it a sign like, hey, you need to outsource that so that you can feel better? Or is it like this whole thing's out of alignment and we need to make some major changes? So whenever an uncomfortable emotion comes up in my business, I always, I don't just jump and say, wait a minute, I'm living my, my dream. I'm living my purpose. Why am I anxious? Because I accept that life comes with these uncomfortable emotions, especially when you grow. So I'm always assessing what is this emotion trying to tell me? Right. And then if it's telling me I need to make a change in my calendar, I make the change. If it's telling me that it's here because I'm up-leveling and going out of my comfort zone, okay, how do I incorporate grounding? How do I incorporate meditation? How do I incorporate self-care to get me through these moments? So it's really, it's really about getting in tune with what your emotions trying to tell you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, my second question was just about, you know, how you do take that step back and really assess those decisions. Cause I feel like, and you mentioned this earlier too, is that if it makes you uncomfortable, you almost feel like it's just not for you and it's not the right path that you should be going towards. But, you know, how do you really identify whether or not something is for you or serving you or something that's just truly not for you. I don't know if that, you know, completely makes sense, but you know, how do you really just reassess those emotions? And you mentioned a little bit of it of grounding and meditation, but I'd love to know a little bit more about what you do. So I always say that my bipolar is the greatest gift for me because it invite it, it provides a very, very strong internal compass. So I have unfortunately or fortunately, experienced such intense, uncomfortable emotions on every spectrum, every degree. And so I remember what it's like to be so anxious that I couldn't go to work. I'm anxious today and I'm like Mm -hmm. going in my email. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's get it done, let's get it done. What is your body pulling you to? Is the anxiety making you halt or is it pulling you forward? It's, it's a question that probably needs like therapy and years of getting in tune with all of this. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is getting really in tune with what your purpose is, what your dreams are, what you're willing to do for those dreams. Does that practice fit into that or is it going away from the dream? So, and are you okay and accepting of the fact that you're willing to get a little uncomfortable to make that dream happen? I think that we ask, how do I know? And it's just about trusting yourself. It's not about listening to a rational outside source. It's not about listening to me tell you what it's going to feel like when it's a yes and when it's a no. It's about knowing in your gut, like, is this for me or is it not? And I don't care what your parents say. I don't care what your boss says. I don't care what anybody says. You know inside. And if you're having a hard time strengthening that intuition, Shaman Durek has an excellent exercise. I call it the yes, no exercise. I don't know if he calls it that, where he says, picture something that's a hell yes. Close your eyes and picture something that's a hell yes and feel it in your body. What does that feel like? 
And now picture something that's a hell no and feel that in your body. What does that feel like? And so now you know, okay, my body does this when it's a hell yes. My body does this when it's a hell no. And then take something in your life that you're trying to figure out and close your eyes and see where your body is on that spectrum. I love that because I have, I've heard of, you know, that practice and I've always, it's always something that I've been really interested about. But, you know, something that you touched on with, you know, anxiety and being able to outsource or whether it's time blocking, if somebody doesn't have the resources or the opportunity to outsource, or they just don't have, you know, the means to do that. What are other ways in which you've applied to your business, you know, in those times of difficulties that have really helped you? Well, you know, first I'll go on the record and challenge that thought that you can't outsource. If you can't outsource it's probably because your, your business is in the very, very early stages. And in that case, doing everything yourself is something I advocate for because it's really important for you to get to know your entire business. Mm -hmm. You can hire a VA for three hours a week, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, just to do three hours of stuff you don't want to do. Maybe it's even five hours a month, but you free up those five hours of admin, whatever, all the sticky stuff you don't want to do and watch your energy levels soar, watch your anxiety decrease. So for me, investing in myself and in my business is priority number one. Where can I scale back so I can invest in my business? And that is a very general blanket statement, right? You know, obviously take this this Mm -hmm. advice and, and figure it out in your financial situation right now. But I really, really, really believe in investing in yourself and investing in help. I really think that there is a limiting belief that you can't afford it. I really do. I think there are some ways, maybe not today, but maybe if you set it up for two months later, you can do it, right? I think that if we're playing really, really active participants, that there are areas, even if I said it's three hours a month, Mm -hmm. that we can start to outsource stuff like that. So I just invite people to to kind of start thinking about that a little bit. Because I think a lot of women say, I can't afford it. And yet the business coach looks at the their revenue and they're like, you can afford it. You can. It's just scary to outsource, you know? Mm-hmm. So an outsourcing doesn't have to look like part-time. It can look like three hours a month. So um, I really would start questioning, you know, how to make that possible for yourself. Because I think that that will alleviate a lot of stress and it'll help you scale and grow even further. That's great to hear because I feel like even outsourcing is putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. So I think that's also another hurdle like that people have to get over. Let me tell you something real quick. You know, I hired my executive assistant and brand manager this year when I had lost four major clients and my revenue was pretty low. Mm -hmm. And I told my coach, I said, listen, the revenue's not there, but do you want to know it'll make it there? If I hire someone to help me deal with X so I can focus on Y. There's so many times when you're running your own business that you have to take the leap. Calculated responsible risk is a part of the game. I hired her and I said, okay, here we go. And then the revenue doubled the next month. So a lot of the times we say, I'm not ready. I don't know the resources. And sometimes the best thing is just to make the move. Yeah. Because you're trusting in yourself and you know that 
that move, like you mentioned, is calculated enough that you know that it's going to be benefiting your business. Yeah. And if you, if you invest in something that frees up X amount of time for you to then scale and grow and be in your zone of genius, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I mean, I want to get into your book as well, because First of all, congratulations. I read it. It's amazing. Yay. Oh, that makes and... you You're like probably one of the first people to read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danielle sent it to me. So I was so excited to, to read it. But can you tell us about how this book came to life and, you know, what it covers and what we can expect? So I started working on this book a year ago and I started realizing not only the importance of talking about mental health, I started talking about my experience with bipolar disorder on OKC's podcast and was my story was received so well. It was received with such security and beauty and healing and support. And at the same time, I was talking to women who were dealing with emotional roadblocks to living their dreams that were easy for me to tackle. So like anxiety, having everything be on my shoulders, um, knowing I have to celebrate the small wins to get through entrepreneurship. And I realized that my mental health was my superpower in business and that there is so many books about how to, you know, have great customer service with clients and how to write a pitch letter and how to balance your PML and how to grow a team and how to hire. The reason that so many women don't even start is because of fear, is because of imposter syndrome, is because they're not comfortable with risk, is because they can't figure out how to live with uncertainty. And I realized that these were all things that I walked right through because I had been used to them with my bipolar. And so I wrote, there's 25 chapters. Each chapter is a different lesson. It is an emotional mindset lesson that will help women break through fear, doubt, anxiety, imposter syndrome, all of the stuff, stress, overwhelm, so that they can really move forward in a really strong way. I think that the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones who have the mindset game, right? They're not the ones who know how to use Excel. They're not the ones that understand taxes. They are the ones that have their mindset, right? And so this is really for the woman who either wants to start something but has fear or for the woman who is running a business and she's emotionally overwhelmed and doesn't understand how to calm herself down through the whole process. Because entrepreneurship is hard. It is not for the (laughs) rational. It is not a rational life choice. There's no part of this shit that's fucking easy. It is like, I texted my friend the other day. I'm like, this is laughable. This is laughable that I willingly do this to myself every day, but it's the only way I can survive. It's the only thing that fulfills me. And so I know that that's the case for so many women. I just know that they need an emotional support system to get through it. So this is really the emotional entrepreneur. My book is the emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was telling you earlier that my favorite lesson was the one that, you know, you're, you're the only one that can do this, but you don't have to do this alone. I'd love to know from you, if there's one takeaway from this book, what would it be? That you are safe in your emotions, that your 
ability to succeed is directly correlated to how emotionally strong you feel or how strong you can navigate your emotions. Once you feel safe in your emotions, once you feel like you can navigate them, that doesn't mean that once you get rid of them because they never go away, but once they come up and you can say, okay, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety today. Why is that? And how do I get through it? Because I have a fucking goal. Mm -hmm. And the eye on the prize is not negotiated by my emotions. That's the main point is to feel emotionally safe in following your dreams. And, you know, I could get into so many other questions about the book, but I obviously don't want to spoil it for for everyone that's going to read it. But where can everybody find the book, buy the book? I obviously will link everything in um, in the show notes below, but I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, you can buy the book on Amazon. The link will be in the show notes. Thank you. Um, or you can go to my Instagram at Scout Sobel. I'll have the link in my bio as well to directly order it. Perfect. Well, I'm excited for everyone to read the book and obviously listen to this episode. Before we end things off, I always like to ask two questions. And the first is sharing a pinch me moment. So I'd love to know what that's been for you and your career. The pinch me moment that comes to mind is when I was seven months into running Scott's agency, I was at a coffee shop in Los Angeles and Kat Sadler walked in the door. I have watched Kat Sadler on E! News ever since I was little. And um, I was like, I think that's Kat Sadler. And so I looked on the Wi-Fi thing. I was connecting my computer to Wi-Fi and it said Kat Sadler's iPhone. And um, I was like, yep, that's her. And I didn't want to bother her. So I emailed her right when she walked out the door and the subject said, saw you at with the coffee shop name, smiley face, which is super fucking creepy. (laughs) And in the email I just wrote, I saw you at this coffee shop. I didn't want to bother you, but loved your outfit. Love you. And by the way, I run an agency and I know you have a podcast would be stoked to work together. She signed with me three days later. And it was when she said, yes, we were in the office and me and my employee literally screamed and ran around the room and opened up a bottle of wine. I love that. That's just a meant for you moment. It was just meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, my last question is advice that you've received that you continue to take with you throughout your career? Yeah. So my favorite piece of advice was when I was working as a gelato scooper and I was 20 years old and my boss was, I don't know how old he was. He was a man, maybe 35. And um, I couldn't open like the pickle jar or something. Yeah. And so I went over to him and I said, Hey, can you open this for me? And he said, what would you do if I wasn't here? And I said, I'd figure out how to open the pickle jar. And he just handed it back to me. And from that moment on, I realized that I can figure out how to do anything. Even though I think I can't, when I put myself in a position where no one's going to save me from a task, I figure it out. Everything I do in my life, I figure it out myself. I'm a college dropout. I have never worked in an agency before. I've never done PR professionally. And yet here I am because I have such confidence in the fact that I can figure it out. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I you know, love everything you stand for. Your career is so inspiring. And I'm so excited for everybody to read your book because it's so amazing. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate this.